This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. The Lord Jesus Christ, the greatest praise this day. And then I want you just to take the person's hand next to you. And just for a moment, I want you just to pray for them. You don't know who's standing next to you. No, maybe somebody's standing next to you that want to give up. And just for a moment, just pray that they will advance and not retreat. Just for a moment, let us intercede for each other that we will not give up. That we as a church will be filled with the presence and the power of God. Let the Spirit of God arise within us and let us touch each other and let His anointing and His presence fill this place as His church stands together praying for each other like never before we need each other. We thank You, Jesus. We thank You, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. And today we declare we are nothing without you. We are nothing without you. But together, we can change the world. Give God praise if you believe it. Come on, family. Give three people a high five and tell them it's time to move. And then you may be seated. I understand correctly. I think there's some people from Marble Hall. Some will say, who's left in Marble Hall? If all of them are here, that's how small Marble Hall is. Some of you are asking, where's Marble Hall? Go and Google it. But I'm here today. This is a testimony. You don't have to be big to make a difference. Even God can use small places. And they were laughing at us when we, in a small place like Marble Hall, now we call ourselves world shakers. At one stage, we are milk shakers, and I don't know why. But today, we want to honor our spiritual parents. Thank you for your example. Thank you for believing in us, in me and Madeleine, and for inspiring us. And Madeleine said, ministry is she started to enjoy ministry the moment she met Pastor Bev. So you, you as a couple are amazing. And thank you. You inspire us just to do better. Can we just honor them and just give them a hand and we praise God. Now the previous speakers were so good, I don't know what I'm going to do. Hopefully I'm not going to have a YouTube moment. So I, I think I will just do tricks. Is that good? I don't know else what to do. I'm making some people jealous, like Pastor Warren. But do you know what? The apostle released a word that says we need to advance and not retreat. But I sense in my spirit there are people here that are stuck. You are stuck. And it's a curse to stay in the same place. They say of the American Indians, when somebody does them harm, they don't do something uh, physically to them. All that they do, they send a curse and say, may you stay in the same place. 
But I declare we are not going to stay in the same place. The curse has been, has been broken over our lives. But you can be stuck. And when you are stuck, what are you trying to do? Trying to stay balanced. I will not try too much. But you are, all the effort, all the energy is going into not falling off. And when I'm trying to keep my balance, where's my focus? It's here. I'm trying to keep my balance. If you want to move, you need to look forward. You need to look forward. But now all our energy, our focus is what is happening here. And God wants to do something. I think they will help me. Just put it back. Because the word of today is that God wants to release over your life, it's time to move. And I'm going to give you a scripture in this moment that is going to prophesy what is going, what's going to happen in the next few minutes. Holy Spirit is moving through this place at this moment. And he's about to do something in your life to get us unstuck. To get his church moving. And I'm reading Psalms 3 verse 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory, and the one who lifts up my head. Come on, you are on your bike. You're supposed to be on the move. At this moment, Holy Spirit is moving. Get ready. God is about to lift your head. You're going to see your future. You were focused on the past and the present, but today something is about to happen. This week, you are going back to your town, to your city, to your nation, and you're not going to be the same again. Because the one who is lifting up your head is here. It's like that woman. She had 18 years of infirmity. She was bent over. 18 years, some of you for the last 18 months, he was just seeing here. But I feel Holy Spirit is moving, straightening you up. You are going to stand again. You are not going to stay in the same place because he is the lifter of your head. But we need as a church understand, you cannot move things by not moving. You cannot move things by not moving. A stuck father cannot move a family. A stuck leader cannot move a business. I don't know if you're ready for this. A stuck church cannot move a nation. And we are going to move this nation. And God is about to move your nation. But we need to get unstuck. I know we sing songs. We need a move. Can I challenge you? We need to move. Tell somebody next to you, it's time. You need to move. More than just declaring we need a move. We are declaring, God, 
move mountains. I want to say in this season, the greatest move, the greatest mountain to be moved is people. People are stuck. Churches, businesses are stuck. And it's people that needs to move. God is always on the move. He started in Genesis moving over chaos. Moving over chaos. And now we're living in a sea. It looks like chaos. But our God is on the move. But he's waiting for his church to get unstuck. A stuck nation needs a moving church. Something is about to happen. You are going back never to be the same again. And then when we are focused and we are in a place trying to get unstuck, you don't need more effort, you just need a new perspective. And that's why I'm saying to you, Holy Spirit is moving. He's lifting your head. You are walking out of this place today with a new perspective. Now every effort is trying to, to get you to get unstuck, but you will see what is, what's about to happen in the next few moments. He's gonna move you because you have a new perspective. But to move, you need, to, you need two things. You need transportation and you need a destination. You need transportation and you need a destination. And I'm using this bike as an illustration, as, as a vehicle, as my transportation. If you look at that bicycle, it needs, a wheel, it needs two wheels, there's frame, there's a seat, there's handles, there's brakes, there's a chain. You cannot just have the frame, or just the wheels, or just the handles. For you to move, you need the bike to be completed. You will, need, you will not get far in your life if those things are not all there. You need everything to reach your destiny. And I want to go to 2 Peter 1 verse 5 to 7. He says, for this reason, 2 Peter 1 verse 5, for this very reason, make every effort. The King James said, with diligence. I love that word. It says diligence means speed, forwardness. Everything in the, in the kingdom of God speaks. We need to go forward. And we have allowed what has happened the last two years to get the church stuck. But I'm here to declare we are not stuck anymore. We are a people, we are a church that are on the move. And it says, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to your goodness knowledge and to your knowledge self-control and to your self-control perseverance and to your perseverance godliness and to your godliness mutual affections or, or, or brotherly love and to mutual affection love. I wonder what is lacking in your vehicle because you need the frame of faith. You need the chain of goodness. You need the handle of understanding. You need the brakes of self-control. You need the seed of patience. You need the pedals of godliness. 
You need the wheel of brotherly kindness and you need the other wheel of love. And on everyone you can have a whole series, but I'm quickly going through them. The frame of faith. The basis for your faith is the nature of God. And can I tell you about the nature of God? God doesn't change. Everything, but God doesn't change. He's still the miracle working God. He's the God that can turn nations, that can turn families, that can turn businesses around. Our God, our faith is in a God that doesn't change. That is in Malachi 3 verse 6. God cannot fail. God cannot fail. People are giving up on church and, and on, on God, but God is, is in control of everything. How Oh, I'm going to speak Afrikaans now. There's a new anointing on me on Afrikaans. God cannot fail. And people are wondering about the times and the sea, and God is in control. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. It's in Job 42 verse 2. And God cannot lie, Numbers 23, 19. He cannot lie. He cannot. He said he's about to heal you, and it's going to happen. He's going to turn that family around. That children that you are praying and believing God, I want to declare your children are coming back to the Lord. I'm calling forth all the prodigal sons and daughters to come back in Jesus' name. God cannot lie. The greatest revival is about to hit our earth. But it will be a church that is on the move, not a church that is stuck. I'm quickly going on. Um, the chain of goodness. See, after God created everything, he said it was good. Come on, help me preach this pastor from the farm. After creating everything, he said it was good. That word good in Hebrew is tough, and it means to be in harmony with God. See, your marriage, your business, your ministry is good when it's in harmony with God. And we need that chain of goodness. It says in Psalms 33 verse 5, He loves righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. They are going to see in this time and this season the goodness of the Lord. But it takes a church that is unstuck, that stop being negative be a complaining people, but that will begin to reveal the goodness. Somebody shout the goodness. goodness. See, your faith can go only where you have understanding of his goodness. The handle of understanding, how we see him, the Lord Jesus, defines how we think and how we live. We need understanding, that handle, where will you go in your life? You can have everything, the wheels, the frame, but if you don't have handles, you are always off. And I'm, it's sad to say that so many people in church don't understand. They don't have an understanding what is God doing in this season. That's why Apostle is releasing these words so that we can have an understanding so that the church can get unstuck and that we are not falling off, but we have the handles of understanding. Daniel 10 verse 11, and he said unto me, O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand. Somebody say understand. That Afrikaans solving anointing is coming on me now and then. 
understand the words that I speak unto you and stand upright. When you, when you understand, you will stand upright. But many misunder, has a misunderstanding of God about church, about life, about marriage, about their purpose, and about trials and, temp and temptations. People don't understand, and now they're walking away. But church, he's busy taking his, his bride into the desert. Hosea said he's luring her into the desert. I'm praying for that time. Um, He's luring her into the desert and he says, I will speak to you and I will give you a new identity. You will not call me um, master in, anymore. You will call me husband. And then you see in the Song of Solomon, he says, it says there, and who is she coming out of the desert, leaning on the arms of her beloved? I see a church coming out of the desert, leaning. Family, don't lean on your finances on your abilities, lean on the arm of your beloved. Whoa. The, the brakes of self-control. You need to understand, it's not so much about speed, but the right time and the right direction. You need to move at God's speed. If you move too fast, you will run into problems. If you move too slow, problems will run into you. Tell the person next to you, move at God's speed. We speak about the seed of patience. How will you describe Jesus in one word? Somebody said, relaxed. He waited 30 years to start. He had patience. He went into the desert 40 days. He waited for his time. He was not in a hurry to heal Jairus' daughter. He waited two days for his friend Lazarus. And in his time of three years of ministry, you never see him in a hurry. I, I don't know what I will do if they tell me you've got three years. I will be running up and down. He will be calm. We see Jesus in him. <laughs> but Jesus was tempted in the desert for this reason, to provoke him, to hurry up, to get for himself what the Father promised to provide. And I can, can I help some Bible student wait for your time? You cannot always go full steam. Pastor Graham? You need sometimes just to sit and relax. Get the seed of patience. Then there's the pedal, pedals of godliness. Enoch walked with God and he enjoyed a relationship with God and he pleased God. The New Testament word for godliness in its original meaning um, convey the idea. It's a personal attitude towards God that results in actions that are pleasing to him. And I don't have time with everything. But then the wheel of brotherly kindness. Go through the word and you will see scripture after scripture saying about one another. 
There's a lot, but it says, love one another, John 13. Be devoted to one another, Romans 12. Honor one another, Romans 12 as well. Live in harmony with one another. Build up one another. Be like-minded towards one another. And there's a scripture for every one of them. Accept one another. Admonish one another. Greet one another. Care for one another. Where's your will? You cannot wheelie the whole way. I don't think you can wheelie 200 kilometers if you are in a race. Where's our, where is our will of brotherly kindness? Be patient with one another. Speak the truth in love. Be kind and compassionate to one another. And it goes on and on and on. But then we need the will of love. My church is concerned with sin in this society. I'm concerned with my church not manifesting love. And church, this is where we're getting, where it's all about. The first sign of the Holy Spirit in your life, and all of that is important, signs, wonders, miracles, speaking in tongues, but the first sign that you are filled with the Spirit is to have love. We are standing in Marble Hall and we are fighting some fierce demons. But we said, we will work for unity. Doesn't matter the race, we are fighting that. And the enemy is trying to stop, but we will be an example what God can do in a community where people decide that we will love one another. See, at the cross, everything was changed. There was a new access of love and Satan was driven out. And are we going to be like him? When somebody's hurting you, thinking that they are better than you, what are you going to do? Will you put the rocks down? Will you decide, cease fire? Can we shout in our nation, cease fire? Come on, somebody shout, cease fire. See, we are the disciples of the one who would rather die than kill his enemies. We are disciples of the one who would rather die than kill his enemies. I wonder, what are you lacking? Who wants to move? Can we see that? I don't want to be stuck, but you need to look, how is my transportation look like? And we've looked at transportation, and now what is my destination? Is my destination to have my own business, to have a husband, a wife? I'm believing God for children. I'm after wealth and health. But I'm back in 2 Peter 1 verse 8, for he says, for if these things are in you and abound, they are increasing. You're, you've got the wheels, you've got the frame of faith, you've got the handles of understanding, the chain of goodness, you've got the brakes of self-control. He says, if those are in you and they are bound, they make you, you to be neither idle. So you're not staying in the same place. And here is your destination. And you're not idle nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm here to, to remind Christian Family Church, your destination is to know Him. That's what it's all about. That's what I'm running after. I want to know Him. 
Are you willing, somebody said, are you willing to accept the biblical premises that our principal passion in life should not to be fulfill our dreams, our desires, and our pleasures? That our primary purpose should not be realized in our education, our status, our likes, or our position. What if the purpose of heaven was not primarily to see the pearly gates, walk the streets of gold, or dance on the crystal sea? What if it isn't first and foremost to admire that fancy crown, tour that impressive mansion, or even take the glorious new body for a spin? Hey. What if it isn't even to have our tears wiped away, our pain whisked away, or to be reunited with our loved ones? What if the primary reason for your existence and for mine is simply to be with God? That's the reason. That's the reason. Christ must be your life. Colossians 3 verse 4 says, when Christ, who is your life, Pastors, your life is not your ministry. Christ is. I'm preaching to Mother Lane now. Your grandchildren is not your life. Your life is Christ. And he wants you to move with a new perspective because he's lifting up your head. And I want to see him. You'll see now. And going on 2 Peter 1.9, but everyone who lacks these qualities are blind. If you don't have that qualities, the frame, the, the handles and everything, he says you are blind, nearsighted, because you have forgotten his cleansing from past sin. What is sin to miss the mark? Before Christ, you are running about everything. Now you are a child of God running after everything except Christ. Have you forgotten we are blind, nearsighted, understanding what it's It's about him. And now he's lifting up your head. And you are beholding him. And when you see him, you will be changed in his image. We will see a church in the last days that will look like him. A church that, that is beholding and being changed into that image. That's what's about to happen. And when you lift up your, your head, what will you see? He is glorious. He is limitless. He is amazing. He is incredible. He is expansive. He's incomparable. He is marvelous. He is stunning. And I can't go on. My time is finished. But you are stuck in the present because you focus on the past. And for many of you, you feel that your past determines who and what you are. Can I tell somebody, you are not defined by your past. That's why he's lifting up your head. Everything was defined by your past. But he says, your future is liberating you. You are making the excuses. Look at my past. Look at what happened. And you think, my past is defining me. God says today, when you look at me and you see this amazing, glorious, wonderful Father, it will change you because you will see your future. And he's lifting up your head. Oh, Jesus, help me. Because for many years, the majority of, of research and theories held to the dogma, dogma that as people, that people were the byproduct of their past. However, the recent research in positive psychology and neuroscience is proving the opposite. It's not the past that drives us, but rather it's the future that pulls us. 
Somebody's going to feel because the future is a person. He's lifting up your head and you sing him and now you've been stuck in your past and you look what, what has happened and I'm here to look. He's lifting up your head and you're trying and you're struggling to try to get, just see him and you'll see you'll start moving. You'll start seeing that you are moving. For Christ is coming from your future to pull you forward. Because you are not driven by your past, you are pulled by your future. Oh, this week you're going to feel the, 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 the future, the Lord Jesus Christ as you pursue. He's pulling you into your future. Don't get stuck in the past. We need to understand without connection with your future, the present is a prison. And we are stuck, but he's lifting our head. He's lifting our head because love is standing here and love is pulling you. What happened last night, what apostle released. The, the scripture says you will stand before him in love and he will make you whole and he will make you holy. I see in this week love is pulling you, pulling you towards him into your future. You are finished with your past. You're not going to be stuck anymore. And love is pulling you, drawing you into your future. And he's making you whole and he's making you holy. Stand with me, please. And can I finish in 2 Peter 1 verse 10? I don't know if you're going to jump up and, up and down now at this moment. Hear the promise. He says, if you've got your transportation, you know what's your destination. He has lifted your head. He's pulling you and there's a move. You're getting unstuck. He says, Who, for, wherefore, the rather brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. Come on, give God some praise. Come on, give God some praise. The days are falling over. It's over. This is your day. It's a time to move. Run to 10 people and tell them I am moving. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerans and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.